This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. On today's PropTech VC podcast, we have Alexander Gamble, the co-founder of QB Technologies, which is pioneering the idea of transportable factories, off-site production and scaling it on-site. Alexander, tell us a bit about what the headline means. This is a very catchy way of describing the future of construction. Yeah, thanks, Shane. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on this podcast and I've been listening to to it for some time now and, uh, you know, humbled to, to be on it. Um, what we're doing, I think, is a little different in, in an industry that's now capturing a lot of attention from pretty generalist VCs at this point, because obviously VCs' entire mandate is to find an industry that's lacking disruption and is it capturing a large enough TAM, and there's no bigger TAM than construction. Um, what we're doing is fundamentally different in two ways. One, uh, as opposed to building gigafactories that help you productize and create a lean manufacturing approach around construction. So I think what Ford has done with the conveyor belt, but now you're essentially moving that process to the construction world. Instead of launching these gigafactories, we have developed a way to launch these mini mobile factories near or around the construction site, sometimes on it, where we're able to produce essentially a kit of parts and Lego blocks to build a building. And we think this is a very fundamentally different approach because we get rid of the entire supply chain logistics piece of this uh, lean manufacturing approach in construction. Maybe you could educate some of our listeners on the old school way of doing things and a bit more about where the problems lie with the current way the construction industry operates. Absolutely. So if you look at the last 200 years, every other industry has 8x in productivity due to technology efficiencies, uh, supply chain logistics, etc. But construction in the last 200 years is still at a 1x in terms of productivity. Uh, and, you know, there's a number of reasons for that. But, you know, there's there's even a saying in construction that, you know, if Jesus were to come back to Earth, the only thing he'd recognize is the way we build buildings. And I think it's true. And on top of that, there's now this perfect storm that's evolving. We need to build more buildings than we've ever had to build, not just multifamily, but every asset class. We need to build more as the population globally continues to grow. But as you can imagine, people that are kind of my younger demographic, they're not entering the construction labor force. So now you have this peak demand, but you're you're lacking the physically the laborers needed to build buildings. And it's creating this perfect storm. And, and a lot of it has translated to a lot of the conversations we're hearing around uh, affordability crises, et cetera. And all of that is because of this big, big storm that's brewing. And if you look at the construction companies historically, they're continuing to do things as they've done because they're not very motivated to spend R&D dollars on innovation. Because on average, construction companies uh, produce about 5% EBITDA margins. And it's wild to think because they're playing with billions of dollars in revenue. and take so much risk as kind of what their process is, their company is so laborious to do what they do, yet they're left with 5%. So it doesn't exactly leave a lot of room for error and a lot of room for innovation to take a step back and rethink the process. If you look at how everyone has tried to approach the industry, um, thinking, you know, innovative venture-backed groups that play in the construction tech space, everyone kind of quickly points to Katera and Katera, you know, it was the right approach um, in terms of lean manufacturing. Uh, and what that means is just, you know, that conveyor belt that we keep talking about. But 
But the way that everyone has tried to solve this problem is they keep quoting, you know, Henry Ford and creating this conveyor belt, but they launched these $200 million gigafactories. And these gigafactories live 4,000 miles away from the actual construction site. So although lean manufacturing works to solve some of the problems in the industry around labor hour reductions, around uh, productization, around efficiencies, et cetera, um, it leaves uh, this 4,000 mile gap in between, which is what we call supply chain logistics risk. So we've tried to solve that essentially. Yeah, I mean, that it's, it's kind of, there's a big problem. The way that everyone's solving it, it works, but then no one's solved that supply chain piece, so no one's able to scale it. So we think that our approach is, it's practical, thus it could be scalable because we're trying to make everything this localized approach as opposed to these super capex intensive non-venture story uh, gigafactories that have to ship their kits of parts or their modules, because in this space, there's two categories, there's modular and prefab. So they have to, in both instances, ship their end product to the construction site, whereas we're trying to create a different process for constructing that's disguised as regular construction through a proper lean manufacturing approach. You know, PropTech is full of opportunity, but construction technology as a sector is estimated to reach $10.5 trillion by 2023. And we're trying to figure out why have things moved so slowly? And you gave some good insights there. 5% EBITDA margins, in your view, is the reason why people have to play it safe and can't implement technology. Are there any other reasons why you think the whole construction tech sector has been so so slow with technology adoption? I mean, you, you've talked yeah. about the construction process, which we'll dive into you know, in terms of how you build homes, but what, why is construction tech overall so slow? Surely, you know, software isn't going to impact your EBITDA margins as much and will actually improve them. 100%. That's a good question. And I think, you know, given this is a prop tech podcast, I think, you know, anyone that listens agrees that, you know, if you look at any other sector, there's no slower adopter than anyone in the real estate or, or construction ecosystem. And the reason being is there's just so many layers to the onion, especially in this ecosystem, because you can work with the most innovative construction company, you can work with the most innovative developer, but then there's the limited partner that's backing the deal and the debt. And then there's red tape around regulatory zoning codes, etc. So there's just so many layers to this onion that you know it's tough to approach this this solution in, in you know from from one corner so you have to kind of approach it from a bunch of different angles and hope that you know it adopts and takes off if you look at the construction ecosystem as a whole and you look at you know say the top 10 construction companies they've been around for a hundred plus years do 20 to 30 billion in revenue yet some of the biggest only hold two percent of market share so it's extremely fragmented and when you look at the space that way you're talking about even the biggest player adopting some solution you know they're, they're capturing a small small subset of the market and for that reason you don't see this mass adoption happening on top of that i think that the solutions that have existed to date they lack some sort of practicality standard where it's not a you know all-in-one solution but it's some small component that takes you know a lot of bureaucratic time to implement etc but I, I think really the biggest challenge is the red tape around the, the legality around the codes around inspectors and that's really what's held back some of uh, the construction solutions and then I think Katera's downfall um, although they were on the right approach Katera's downfall you know uh, hindered a lot of investment in the sector because people are scared of hardware and generally right people say hardware is hard and I think the, the ultimate solution will be hardware and software, you know, cotangent. But uh, when you just look at hardware, it's, it's tough to find the right backer uh, in the space that's willing to make that bet. And for that reason, Venture now is very much focused on the Band-Aid, which is software related. So anything that solves kind of construction from a software angle. Um, but unfortunately, you know, or at least our opinion and we're biased, still lives in sticks and bricks. So, 
you know, you still need to focus on the physical as well. There's definitely a tendency to pattern match, especially when venture capitalists, investors, you know, and I'm one of those, right? I do like software a lot more because it's worked well in other industries, but you're fundamentally dealing with bricks and sticks, as you said. And there has to be, there has to be you know, a tying in between the hardware and the software side. Now, when we looked at what's holding back the construction industry, how much of it do you think is cultural? And by culture, I mean, you've got so much competence focused on the hardware and science side that, you know, that's so much to digest and swallow and get right that even to bring in tech is such another new skill set. This isn't like financial technology or marketing technology or other areas of, you know, or other areas where there's been big opportunities for venture capital. Um, so what's your thoughts on the cultural side? Is that, is that a reason? Is there a lack of sophistication to? Is there this stereotype that there's perhaps a lot of blue collar type workers uh, that have risen up in the construction industry and they just haven't been familiar with technology? This isn't really the place a lot of people, and there's a stereotype, okay? And not at all am I suggesting this is, um, you know, sort of representative of things, but there's a stereotype that perhaps, you know, people in the construction sector didn't go to school, didn't go to, you know, get an education and they built their way up from the top. What's your thoughts if you can unpack everything I've just laid out? Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I mean, listen, if you're looking at the top 200 construction companies, they're they're sophisticated, right? There's a reason why you're seeing some of the software companies in the construction sector emerge, raise, you know, tens of millions of dollars and hitting, you know, multi-billion dollar valuations, it's because they are being adopted by someone, right? And that someone is in the 200 space, top 200. But if you look at the construction industry, there is literally thousands of general contractors in the US. It's extremely fragmented. Those folks, they tend to come from, uh, you know, call it more blue collar workforces, work their way up, you know, grow in size, acquire someone else, et cetera. So I would say there's less focus on on adoption of technology because of, like you said, there's less culture to push the envelope a little bit. Um, and I think from that perspective, it's right. But from then kind of the chicken or the egg, the perspective of the larger GCs, I actually think they're, they're innovative, right? They're launching their own uh, in-house corporate venture arms. They're trying to push the envelope, but then it, the, the question is how quickly can they implement it given the scale of their organizations? So I think there's this kind of push from both ends. Yeah, and the hypothesis I have is that there's a lot of pride in being hands-on, getting your hands dirty, and, and there's so much to do there that, you know, to get familiar with technology is such a different skill set. But there's some parallels with prop tech, and I think construction tech and prop tech overlap, and, and you know, they're both part of each other, really. But in certain sectors of prop tech, what you've seen is vendors. Let, let's look at some vendors as an example. You have the real estate agents or brokers, or you even have property managers. And Alex, we've talked about this offline significantly. And what we've seen is that firms that have embraced technology can then start to build efficiency in how they operate, and they can start to consolidate and acquire smaller folks. Um, and you know, I'd like you to touch on that because you know, as I broke into PropTech, Alex was one of the folks who uh, we brainstormed a lot together and we looked at where the industry is heading. And PropTech's fascinating because this is happening everywhere. And I'm curious about that and also the parallels with construction where larger firms are getting larger, are bringing in tech, and then just swallowing up smaller folks. So maybe you could start with the PropTech and transition to Contact when it comes to industry consolidation. 
Yeah, for, for sure. And I, I think you and I obviously share so many similar theses and thoughts around PropTech and both have this undying passion for the industry. And I, I think many people should have that passion because if you just like size, right, real estate is the biggest asset class in the world. It's massive. So theoretically, anything that layers on top to solve solutions should also get to that size. PropTech generally, I think, you know, one thing you and I will agree on, there's a lot of interesting companies out there, but a lot of them, they're not necessarily billion dollar companies, but they solve some specific niche. And that's why you're seeing this consolidation is because the sum of these little parts can, can aggregate into something bigger. In terms of prop tech, right, like we, we share similar theses around sectors, right, and what everyone's solving towards, et cetera. I think construction is still in a bit of a earlier stage. Um, I think it's now just emerging as, right, like prop tech was the first word. Now there's, you know, construction tech used to fall under the subset of prop tech, but now it's getting big enough that, that contact is its own thing and you have specific firms dedicated to construction tech, not just prop tech. So, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of solutions still to be had and a lot of the solutions in construction tech are emerging specifically in the software sector because that's where the venture dollars are flowing. But I do think that now there's this emergence of, hey, you know, Katera was what Katera was, but you know, as much as the metaverse builds up, right, we still live in sticks and bricks. We live, we work, we play in physical buildings. We haven't innovated materials. We haven't innovated the physical process around the way we construct. Um, and it, it's wild. It still takes us, you know, months to build a single family home when it takes us a day to build a car. And I think that's where the industry is headed. And there's a lot of interesting players with a lot of interesting approaches in the physical, you know, built environment of the sticks and bricks that we keep referring to. And everyone has a different solution, but so far no one's scaled. But I do intimately believe that the next Tesla will emerge from the construction sector.